0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel,
1: good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you?
0: Doing fine, thank you. Good, good. And the country is reassessing things. Maybe things turned around after the election, but I'm holding my breath. (laughs) But some good things will come of it, and certainly uh, the people who are sick and tired of the runaway mandates by this administration, uh, you know, um, they they have a bit of a victory, but it will remain to be seen exactly what will happen. So far, it looks like, uh, you know, the Republicans can be happy and they can uh, celebrate a little bit. But you would think, um, you know, the administration might reassess things and say, May you? We were, and you know, this poll show: Are you in the right track or the wrong track?
1: Yeah. And it was overwhelming. Seventy percent. wrong track. Wrong and then, track. then they yeah.
0: voted, and it wasn't—it wasn't a fudge poll. It was actually what the people were thinking. So they're busy. They figure, well, we we have to do better. So now, according to Zero Hedge this morning, White House expands vaccine expands vaccine mandates to cover 80 million workers well they must have missed some i guess i don't know i don't know what they're thinking they're, they're, that just doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever but uh, i think the top-notch authorities who sort of are running the strategy of this whole thing going on in the last two years i i still believe that their goal is to have a uh, vaccine passport uh, to monitor people yeah uh, but uh, Fortunately, what's happening here in these last couple of days means maybe... Maybe we don't have to worry quite as much as we are worrying, but it, nevertheless, it's good to point it out because people are responding. You know, and, and they really didn't even talk about the passport, but they were talking about mandates, which is a form of a passport. So they that was that was a big issue, but the administration said, nope, we need more workers on there. At the same time, there are other places in the world. They're backing off. They they were listening to it, and there's certainly states that have said said a good example for us in this country and they have done better economically and people are happier because they're, they're less uh, you know tyrannical uh band-aids all the time so uh the lessons are yet to be learned uh and uh, you know th- this make the assumption which i do frequently is that maybe the big big issue We don't even hardly talk about it because I think I think the economy is very, very fragile and it's based on, you know, false information and false money, false debt, the whole thing. And uh, and yet they've been able to manage this. And people say, well, everybody can get a job and their salaries are going up and everybody's happy. But they're concentrating on this. But one day. I think uh, the attitude is going to be shifted. Who knows? There was a time early on I thought, well, this might be a distraction from what I think is coming. So if you concentrate on this, you don't have to worry about the Federal Reserve uh, because it seems like the Federal Reserve comes up with an announcement. and sounds like... That doesn't sound good for the economy. And the economy goes to another record high. So uh, they're they're pretty much in charge in the message. And uh, I I think that right now, though, it remains to be seen what's going to happen, because I think the emphasis will be continually diminished on this subject of, of COVID and the mandates but the mandates will come in a different form and they'll probably be. If you, yesterday I saw somebody said, you know, prices are going up. We yeah. do have inflation and we might have to have price controls. Yeah. And uh, and so there the, there they go again. But that is when economies collapse, once they think that you can just expand on the principles they use to create our crisis, and that's going to get rid of the crisis. And they do it in economics all the time. So if interventionism caused our problems, and if inflationism did it, and the manipulation of interest rates caused our problems, and then you, oh, we have a crisis. Oh, well, let's double down. Yeah. So th- that's not going to work so uh, we'll continue to talk about economics as well.
1: well as you say we're in a, the economy is in a very fragile state. So the president comes up with an idea that may lead to even millions of people walking off their jobs. You've got problems with supply chain, you've got problems with truck drivers, you've got 26 fire stations in New York shutting down. And so the president's idea is let's get a bunch more people fired. That's a great idea. Well as you say around the country from Seattle to to Virginia, people went to the polls and they spoke uh, and they voted and they say we don't want mandates. We're sick of the mask mandates. I mean, even Murphy in New Jersey, who was a shoe in, he barely squeaked by. And who knows what they're doing up there in Jersey. So it's very clear that people don't want this. Yet he doubles down. And you have to wonder, this is a guy, I, not to make fun of him, but I honestly wonder whether he understands what these vaccines are all about. Because just a couple of, not very long ago, he himself was spreading medical misinformation, right? He said, if you get the shot, you won't get COVID, which everyone knows is not true. Uh, He fell asleep at the climate summit, which I guess you can't blame him for that, because I'd probably fall asleep too. When he did get up and start speaking, it was pretty incomprehensible gibberish. So someone is at the helm. I don't think that it's Biden. And I'm wondering what is the end game? Maybe it's a Republican operative. They're trying to destroy the Democratic Party. But uh, absent that, I just, I don't see, I don't see what's going on here. Yeah,
0: I I poke fun at it as well. And I keep thinking, and I sort of alluded to this. Well, if he's incapable, just let him go back to sleep and everything will be okay. But that's not the way it works. The people who pull the strings, you you know, I think when he came um, back and there was, oh, oh, the announcement that there was going to be $450,000, he said, where is this? Yeah. Crap, come from? Yeah, yeah. He says, why do people say this? Yeah. <laughs> you know that is that is utterly amazing that that happens. But there, there would be more of that. So there's no easy way to opt out. But the important thing is is uh, you know that's why I sort of uh, am fascinated with Switzerland yeah. because nobody knows who the president is. Yeah, it's that's... a top secret yeah. and it rotates. <laughs> they get a
1: new one every couple months. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, Biden claimed that he had to. Crack the whip on this vax mandate because less people over the summer were taking the vaccine voluntarily. Something else happened during the summer too, Dr. Paul. COVID went like this. And if any chart that you look at, you will see that COVID went like this. It's now down. Uh, who knows if it's down for the count, but it's certainly down. Let's put that first clip up just to set the stage here. This is Biden's big announcement. You better get your vax or you're going to lose your job, America. Take that. Uh, and by the way, Dr. Paul Adam Dick, our colleague at RPI, has a great piece up ronpaulinstitute.org where he talks about this. This party's going to go to the polls in 2022, and 2024, and the guy who got you fired to expect you to vote for him—you know—it's <laughs> crazy. But something else is happening, very interesting. While the U.S. is going by way of New Zealand on this stuff, let's look at this next clip, and we can talk about it for a second, Dr. Paul, because we've talked a lot about Canada what a disaster it is, how locked down it is, how terrible they are. It's just a picture here, but here is Quebec. Quebec drops vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Wow. Next one, not just Quebec, Dr. Paul. Doug Ford refuses to make COVID-19 vaccines mandatory for Ontario's hospital workers. Canada is seeing the impossibility of these mandates, the insanity of these mandates, even Canada, and it's backing down and Biden's going in the other direction.
0: Very encouraging. It proves that uh, there is a remnant within all of us that uh, people, no matter what they claim they believe in, there's a remnant uh, residual desire To be your own person and mind your own business, and I think this is what's happened. If I have had enough, they're very tolerant. You know, uh, I think American people who tolerate government aren't always bad people. I think they're just they 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 don't want to rock the boat, you know, and this sort of thing. Fortunately, uh, those people who attended. Uh, a few of them at the, at the PTA meetings, they yeah. wanted to rock the vote, yeah. and all of a sudden we find out that it's very important. But, you know, the, the interesting thing about this, they've had p- uh, deadlines for this, and yeah. I think this deadline was December 8th, but they can't meet it. They can't enforce all this law. Yeah. Can you think of the bureaucracy that's going in? And that's why some people are going to be punished, Some p- other people are going to go away, and all kinds of stuff. The people should be reassured yeah. because OSHA is in charge. Oh yeah, <laughs> OSHA yeah. should be able to take care of that. You know, perfect safety, and and they'll take care of this. So th- this whole thing, it uh, it's part of the concept of central economic planning. Medicine centrally economically planned and uh, taking taking care of an epidemic that probably doesn't need much taken care of. It probably needs less less uh, planning than ever before, but of course we're not against the plan. I'm for a lot of planning, but I like it to be voluntary. I, I like people to come together and, and have competition in ideas, and, and uh, competition does wonders for all of us, whether it's in, in medicine or whatever. We need a lot more competition in government is what we need. We need, we need the government to not be so controlled by the deep state, yeah. and the people will challenge me on that and say, what do you mean, uh, the deep state You know, looks like they took a licking." No, the deep state protects itself uh, because the one thing that they have the greatest control of is, uh, is the monetary system, the financial system and they are, therefore they control the taxes on the people. So they, they're, they're, they're still in charge. And if they give in uh, or, or the people who oppose stand out and shout long enough, there's people out there. Yeah. That, that's the encouraging part, that uh, we need to speak out and we need to participate in resistance. We need uh, peaceful, uh, nonviolent resistance. And there's uh, nothing, nothing that should be able to stop Uh, an idea that hopefully this time has come and we should see a lot more movement in our direction.
1: It's good that you pointed out that this is OSHA. This is OSHA doing an emergency temporary (coughs) regulation. This is not a law passed by Congress. This is not even an executive order issued by the president because neither of those two things would ever or could ever happen. So what do they turn to? Tyranny by technocrats is exactly what it is. But what are they going to do? As you say, they moved it. From December 4th and we can't do that it's not going to work so they moved it to January 4th and said you better do this you're going to get a $15,000 fine something in that neighborhood uh, up to a $100,000 fine per violation what's going to happen if people just say no and that's why you know people should hold the line what are they going to do if half the health care workers say we're not going to do it you know that the administration has got not going to be able to plunge the country into chaos over this they're hoping people they're hoping people will back down, they're hoping people uh, will, will not uh, uh, disagree, will not go against government. I think they're gonna find that the people who have not taken it are not hesitant, they just don't wanna take it, and it's gonna be hard to force them to do it. Right. And again, I started, one final thing, I mean again to say, this is not a shot that prevents you from getting sick from it or from transmitting it to other people. So it is not by any stretch a vaccine as it was defined until September 15th, 2021, from the beginning of vaccines until then, it doesn't meet that criteria. So they're saying, if you don't take this medicine that may prevent you from getting sick, if you catch this virus, you're fired. Think about the tyranny of such a mm. statement.
0: I didn't read the article, but I saw a headline this morning about 21 doctors coming out, and it looked like they were getting ready to have a press conference or something, and they all had a uh, reaction, uh, you know, to, to COVID vaccine. And uh-huh. uh they They wanted to testify to the people, but uh it it is important that people like that come out and uh the, the science of course has been uh pretty well controlled by the establishment, and that's why people were so loyal to it because they can't they can't believe that uh, somebody could challenge somebody like uh, Fauci he's been there a long time yeah, he has yeah. studied it oh well, how many patients have you seen in the last <laughs> couple of years well I've never seen a patient yeah. I don't know anything about that Those are I just do important research yeah. uh, uh, at the Wuhan lab with puppies yeah <laughs> okay I'm ready to go yeah, on yeah. To, uh somebody that used to be very famous yeah. and he's still well known mm-hmm. and I would say he probably wouldn't care if I call him a bit of an agitator, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's entertaining, yeah. and uh, he's, he sort of likes to provoke. And, and I've, uh, I've met with him, and, uh, and uh, I've been on a radio show once with him, and it was sort of fun doing it. Uh, but uh, that's James Carville, and uh, they asked him this week. Well, what do you think? What happened to the Democrats? And, you know, the typical Democrats is, is going to spin.
1: Yeah. Spin. The,
0: the one difference here is he didn't, didn't spin. And, you know, he would never accept this and Trump wouldn't accept this. But in some ways, there's some similarities. They both of neither of them spin, yeah. you know, and and give a canned answer. So when he he came back. Boy, it, it was uh, it was pretty good. He summarized it all. What happened? What happened? He said it was the support of the Democrats for this stupid wokeness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, of course, we've been complaining of that forever because that is so, so out of context. And then he says, there they go attacking Abraham
1: Lincoln. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he, and he, he, actually, it's a little funny when he goes after him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. The thing is about Carville, and I've never loved his politics, and I do think he's brash, but he's no dummy. He was extremely successful in running campaigns. He's probably the mind behind the Clinton victory in the early 90s, I think. Brilliant strategist. uh, And he's, again, let's put up the clip because this is from The Hill. They 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 interviewed him. I think it was on NPR, if I'm not mistaken. And you're right. Here's Carville. What went wrong is just stupid wokeness. (laughs) Don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look Mm -hmm. at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, this defund the police lunacy, this take Abraham Lincoln's name off the schools. I mean, people see that, he goes on and he says. It's just really, it has a suppressive effect on the country, on Democrat across the country on Democrats. Some of these people need to go to a woke detox center <laughs> or something, he said. Yeah. Now, here, here's a, a quote
0: along the lines of what we were saying. Uh, Wokeness is a problem, and we all know it. According to Carville, Democrats are in power for now, but they are only narrowly. But they only narrowly defeated Trump, a world historical buffoon. That was the <laughs> nice, nicest thing you could say about Trump. And they lost congressional seats and failed to pick up any state legislature. I mean, he's, he says this is a total disaster. Yeah. But he he's in the category, and you just described it. He's smart. He, he knows the system. He's a pragmatist. Uh, he wouldn't do any good. Uh, well, he, he could do some good, and that is if you were a purist and you were defending liberty in the purest way, that, that, if that does any good, that takes a while for somebody to figure yeah. it out. But for him, he, he lived in the real world. It's uh, amazing. We, we haven't heard much about him uh, recently. Maybe the Democrats won't ever talk to him again <laughs> now because... Uh, he, he got a little pitch against Trump, but uh, for, for the most part, he's, he's telling, you know, now all they did was uh, this stupid wokeness. And, and it re- really is, this whole thing. Are you woke or can yeah, we put uh-huh. you on your list and, 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 and we can cancel, cancel you? you. The, the whole thing is I don't know,
1: crazy. <laughs> well, I think the next thing we want to talk about, and we mentioned it last week, but it keeps popping up. And it's something that no one has been able to put their finger on but it's the strange things that are happening in hospitals across the country er rooms are full of patients and they're not COVID patients and so there's a real question what is happening and we we thought about some of the possibilities of course people did put off treatments for things like cancer and heart disease and diabetes and what have you uh you know uh, breast screening whatever Uh, they put this off during covid and now they're coming back sicker than ever but it's really a mystery why the country right now seems so sick and not with COVID. Now, this the article that I saw, and this
0: was written by Michael Snyder. It, uh-huh. uh, most important news. Well, it was important enough for me to read it. But what was good about it, but a little bit of frustration is I wanted to know what the answer was. You know, yeah. this is strange. And it's a medical thing going on. But he, he never... Uh, he never pretends he knows. He was sort of asking his readers, if you know anything, let me know, yeah. you, know you know, what could be going on. But, yes, uh, some of these symptoms, as you mentioned, abdominal pain, respiratory problems, uh, blood clots and all that. So people, people have heard about the blood clots coming. And also uh, some of these people who have died in the emergency room have heart problems, But uh, there's not there's not enough in this article, you know, know, to uh, get get a whole lot of information. How many people were they? And they don't say whether or not did they have a covid shot three weeks before that or two months before that. Uh, So it's it's if it had been, say. If he would have concluded that it was due to the shots, it would be poor reporting, you know. Yeah. Uh, even though some people are going to be suspicious of this because uh, some of those symptoms are definitely known to have occurred with uh, the COVID
1: shots. Yeah, and the, uh, the, uh, he mentions, the, as you say, the heart conditions. In the article, he, he links to different uh, events. For instance, a high school senior in Pennsylvania just dropped dead from, quote, a sudden cardiac incident. It can happen, but that's very unusual. And he says elsewhere in the same state, an otherwise healthy 12-year-old boy just suddenly died because of an issue with his coronary artery. That happens. His name is Jason Kidd. Very sad. Uh, It does happen, but it's very rare in kids, right? I mean, am I wrong? I would say the most significant thing of this is
0: these stories like this have been around a long time. You, you know that uh, a young person dies, and they maybe have a congenital heart problem, and they go out and play football, and they die on the court, and this is it. But what he's pointing out here, it, it's almost—he um, didn't use the word. I'm picking. It's almost like an epidemic. It isn't just one hospital here with one family or one person here, and the numbers falling into a category of uh, infrequent but significant. Uh, this he's he's claiming that there's a lot of it and it's scattered. It's around the country uh, and there's a lot of information lacking. So uh, maybe somebody will put it together because we 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 should get more statistics on this, you know, to find out, you know, who they were and uh, whether they were on medications or had surgeries or whatever. This this is uh, this is just their to stir the interest but I think he honestly the writer is honestly looking for some more information so, yeah.
1: to try to explain this why are people young people dying of heart attacks all of a sudden very <laughs> strange Right. well the next one we want to move on to uh, which is an archbishop in the Catholic Church who's really come out swinging against uh, uh, Bergoglio the, the, the Pope uh, that you know the, of course the Pope said hey you got to go take a shot it's your duty it's your Christian duty to take that shot Don't you dare talk back? Uh, Well, Vigano, uh, who has shown a real independent streak on a number of issues, he issued a letter the other day—a very, very strongly worded letter—going against. And of course, uh, as some non-Catholics don't may not know, uh, the Pope, of course, when he talks about matters outside of faith and morals, he's speaking his own opinion, so he can say, "Go eat chocolate ice cream." It has no. There's no burden for Catholics to follow. But, but
0: and and you you've made that point before, and it's as far as I'm concerned, and I know that's accurate. But the general public, yeah, you know, they place the Pope yeah. in, in a little more special place that uh, he's infallible. He yeah. can never say anything that's wrong. <laughs> that was uh, I've heard that story yeah, when I was. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you okay, like I that. I'm Okay, I'm going to read a quote that sort of uh, supports what you said. The arch Archbishop went on to a sort. It was a moral duty to refuse inoculation, given what we know now about the vaccine program. Yeah. But he's talking about morality about it here. We're, and this is his in quote. Worldwide, the number of deaths in grave pathologies following vaccination is increasing exponentially. In only nine months, these vaccines have caused more deaths than all the vaccines of the last 30 years. Uh, that's scary. Yeah. There. Not only this, in many nations, such as Israel, for example, the number of deaths after vaccination is now greater than the number of deaths from COVID. Boy. Yeah. You know something, of course. You know the way the way they've handled uh, the lockdowns and all in in Israel have been a lot of questions raised about that too, because they did some studies and proved what they were doing wasn't helping, and the statistics show that didn't help, even though they did what now is conventional wisdom has been at least for this past year. So uh, it's. uh, It has to be sorted out. It will be eventually. And uh, the only really good part you mentioned at the beginning of the show is that the numbers of people getting sick and dying from COVID keep going down. They've improved tremendously.
1: Yes. And we could actually put up that clip, even though you you just read it, Dr. Paul, just for people to see it. And this is, again, the Archbishop. It's not not us saying it. And it's very interesting. Uh, The the other part that he said after that is uh, Vigano went on to assert that it would be, quote, immoral and unacceptable, end quote, for Catholics to take the vaccine, given revelations by Pfizer executives that the jabs contain material from aborted fetuses. So he raises a moral question about it. Uh, And the whole letter is quite interesting and very forceful. I don't know if he's in hiding somewhere, but he probably should be. Yeah. Um, So, and I guess the last one we want to talk about is kind of a funny story, and it's kind of a good news story, right? Boy, this is the best investor I've ever
0: seen. I don't know, he's a, a truck driver. Yeah uh says former, I wonder why he's not riot, why he's not out there in the West Coast unloading uh, some barges or yeah, something yeah. But anyway, he says former truck driver who who spent an unbelievable uh, amount of money and and uh, I, it almost unseated a sitting New, Jer- New Jersey state senator. A Senate leader, Senate leader. Yeah. yeah. Well, a, a fluke, yeah, probably. Uh, he never ran for anything else, and uh, and you know that uh, people who have been in in the government for years and years as a Senate leader, he could get all the money he needed. But uh, this truck driver didn't didn't have any money, but he must have come very close. And all I could think of, yes. But if he got, to know, got his message out, even to some degree, maybe it spread. Maybe his message was a message that whose time had come. And the people say, yes, that's what we want. We've listened to this guy for 30 years. We're tired of him. And, uh, but he,
1: uh, I, I imagine this truck drivers might run again. <laughs> well, no, it looks like he's, I don't know, maybe, maybe something has changed since last. But I think he leads... He's oh, he's a close and close enough race. He's in the lead now by, by 2,000 votes from the last that I've seen. Oh, that's just switched. But he, uh, he, as you say, he he's a truck driver. He challenged the president of the Senate of New Jersey, Stephen Sweeney. He's slightly ahead. Sweeney, this is from an article that we saw on the NewJersey.com. Sweeney, a Democrat, is the longest tenured Senate president in New Jersey history, having held the post since 2010. This is a guy who's, whose heels are dug in. whose whose snout is at the trough of politics. And here comes this truck driver who spent 153 bucks and looks like he may well defeat him. If not come close, may well defeat him. It's pretty amazing. And here's uh, Durr, his name is. He said, I joke with people and I said, I'm gonna shock the world, I'm gonna beat this man. (laughs) I was saying, but really kind of joking. Kind of reminds (laughs) me of what you said when you were were running. Because what chance does a person like me really stand against this man? Well, the answer would be what you've always said. You, you know, I think he came across as telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. They they
0: knew he wasn't pulling off a lot of baloney, and and that's why they must have remembered his name because the other one, the other senator, uh, must have had. Much better name recognition, but something stuck <laughs> with it. No, this is a good story. I mean, this should encourage people. You know, it challenges me a little bit because a lot of people uh, ask me, you know, after I visit with a lot of young people at campuses, they'll come up and on a personal level I say, you know, I really agree with this. I want to do something. Tell me tell me what I have to do, and my answer is a little bit flippant, but I said, do whatever you want, and this guy did whatever he wanted, so he ran for office, but then I always tell young people, that's not my first choice, Uh, you know, I never felt like there was a time in my life, I decided, I'm running for Congress, my goal is to go to Congress, that was sort of, the vehicle of doing it. So I think if you help people, or you run for an office, uh, if it's a vehicle to, to stand for something worthwhile and something you can believe in, then there's a value to it. And sometimes you can be shocked. You know, uh, that was more or less what happened to me uh, because I, I was really totally convinced that uh, a person like me could not be elected. You know, uh, 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 to to Congress. But you know, after I was elected, my next challenge was, I wonder if I vote the exactly the way I said, it exactly the way the Constitution, I said, that'll prove my point. I yeah. can't be reelected. And then lo and behold, there were people that uh, didn't hold against it. And they recognized it, but most of the time they would say, yeah, I don't agree with all this, stuff, but, uh, but uh, we know you're telling us the truth. And that's what they were looking for. And that might be exactly what happened
1: with this individual. Yeah. Maybe more people will try it. Maybe they will, and they should. You know, and my guess is because we know New Jersey was a big lockdown state. The guy he defeated is a Democrat, and the truck driver, Durr is a Republican. My guess is, and I haven't seen his position on it, my guess is on mandates and masks oh and bad. these sort of things. I bet our truck driver friend is on our side. And this is another indication because this is from the article. Quote, I'm a person who believes in the right to the people. I'm a firm constitutionalist <laughs> believer, and I believe in people's rights. When I saw how people were being mistreated or ignored that angered me very interesting
0: that is very good Uh, he's educated well educated and he's not and maybe he didn't go to college but that might mean that he's not been overburdened with false information because i kiddingly but halfway serious say well you know when there are a lot of people asking when did you get interested in austrian economics and all i well, you know, in such and such year. But it took me a long time because it took me a long time to unlearn yeah. the propaganda that I was taught in the schools. But uh, he it he sounds like hes he, he never adapted to it or adopted the, the uh, authoritarian approach or he finally was able to look at it and see the difference. He uh, That statement means he knows the difference. Yeah.
1: And let's put up his picture. That's that next clip just to have a look at him. And uh, I like truck drivers. My dad was a truck driver. So I'm... I'm, I'm Parcel to them. Some of the hardest working people in America. Um, but I'm going I'm to close with, with one uh, another clip. You may want to comment. Okay. I'm not sure. This just came in from Alex Berenson, our, our friend, New York Times, a former New York Times journalist. This is interesting. Ireland has 75% of its population vaccinated against COVID, 90 plus percent of adults. So in Ireland, 90 plus percent of adults vaccinated. Alabama, on the other hand, is only 44% vaccinated. Very small. So you'd expect Ireland to be in pretty good shape and Alabama to be a basket case. Let's look at this next clip. These are from headlines. News Alabama's COVID numbers getting better. Hospitalizations down 85% since September. Hey, that's not right. Look at the next one. Let's look in highly vaccinated Ireland. Coronavirus, 3,174 new cases, as Holohan urges people to reduce close contacts. So in almost completely vaccinated Ireland, the cases are going like this. In in less than half vaccinated Alabama, they're going like this. I don't know the answer, but something's weird. Well, makes me think
0: that... Uh the principle of natural immunity there's more good to it than a lot of people realize so there's a lot of natural immunity if nobody's getting these vaccines and therefore you know they spread it there are milder diseases and that there are more complications with people who take the vaccines, you know, you take one shot. Oh yeah, one shot, one shot. You, you need a booster. Now they're up to three boosters yeah, yeah. and you stop and there are more variants. And uh, I imagine uh, uh, the, uh, the the variants uh, in, in a community that just use natural immunity, uh, they, they probably don't even have to measure it. But the, 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 what you just reported is perfect to show that you're not at great risk by uh, by a community not going overboard with all these shots yeah. and things so but people could become fearful and uh, if if people are victims of companies that have billions of dollars that they use to promote uh, false information and, and, you know, and to uh, get people to get fearful of what's happening, you know, it, it's pretty rough uh, competition, but that's why these stories are important, at least to stop and think about it. And uh, that's why, you know, the election, the vote uh, in uh, in Virginia is so important, because one conclusion by a lot, uh, especially on the Republican side, is that this emphasize that the parents care about their children. Wow, we shouldn't be surprised. But what the uh, pleasant uh, surprise is that they got off their duffs and they went and did something and they participated and it, it affected the election. So this, this to me, I think is uh, uh, you know the the important issue is is they need to believe in something and they need to do something and everybody has a role to play. I've I've told people that if you really have an understanding of what you believe that the Principle of liberty is the correct principle, and you're comfortable with it. I think you have more obligation than the person that doesn't care. I mean, they're never going to, you know, uh, preach the message of liberty. But if you if you have that, I think that people should feel some obligation to spread it because for their own sake, for their family's sake, for the community's sake, but not because you're sacrificing your time. I don't like that as a reason for people to stand up and, and do these things. I would do it because it's to all our benefits, and uh, that's why I think the truck driver is a good example. He did something, and uh, he, he's uh, you, you know, been recognized for it, and I think I think that is great. We need more of that. Uh, Daniel, did you have another statement to no, make? No, um, I'm all done, Doctor. Okay, Paul. very good. So I want to uh, make sure our viewers know how much we appreciate them tu- tuning into the Liberty Report. Uh, please come back soon.